welcome to the Why Your Relationships Suck podcast, a podcast about creating strong relationships with courage and heart. Here we explore what gets in the way of the relationships we yearn for, the relationships to ourselves, those we love, and as fully expressed leaders in the world. We look for gold in our most tragic relationship experiences, share our intimate stories and the steps we took to overcome some of the most common relationship challenges many of us face. Our commitment is you learn something about yourself, which allows you to open up to new awarenesses and get into action. As in most relationships, we never truly know what we're in for. Sometimes it's smooth sailing, and other times it gets just a little bit messy. Now here's your host, Bob Conley. Let's jump in. Hey everyone, how are you? My name is Bob Conlon. I am a life, love, and leadership champion, an author, a coach trainer, a renegade human transformer, and a professional certified coach with the International Coach Federation. And, um, you know, that intro, none of it matters in the moment right now for me. Um, this episode is um, about um, most likely losing uh, our baby. Um, my wife is uh, 20 weeks and I think four days pregnant now. And um, last Sunday, so five days ago, six days, I mean, I don't even know what day it is half the time. Um, we were home working on projects, getting our nursery together, building um, our future for our baby. And um, Shauna had a spontaneous rupture of her membranes, which basically means her water broke at 20 weeks, which is essentially, um, you know, a, a death sentence for our baby. It's so, it's so unfair. <laughs> to have come like so far and be here. Be here. It doesn't make any fucking sense. <sighs> so my, um, my wife, Sean, and I, you know, we live a pretty open, out loud life. And um, we've been sharing our story, you know, along the way with our community and, um, you know, our followers and all that stuff. And, you know, what we kept experiencing and hearing is how many people have gone through something like this you know, that they've, you know, had a miscarriage or 
you know, they lost a baby late in the second or third trimester, or, you know, they lost a child after it was born and alive and part of truly part of the family. And, um, you know, I just felt like compelled to just talk about this. Um, you know, this is new uncharted territory for me. And I think what I've noticed is that it's not a conversation a lot of people want to have or need to have and are unclear on how to have it. Um, so I'm having the conversation today, um, mainly for myself and for my baby and for Shauna, um, but also for anyone that this might help just to hear a common story or to um, help heal, help get connected to, help understand how, you know, this, an experience like this would impact relationships to yourself, to your partner, to your future child or current child and, you know, what you get to do in the world as a, you know, fully expressed human. Um, so I, what I want to talk about is, you know, what it was like leading up to getting pregnant. Um, you know, then like kind of what happened on Monday and then, you know, what it's been like these past few days. Um, it's kind of like a, <clears throat> almost like a, a, in a, um, an outline that a lot of folks use in recovery meetings um, and 12 step meetings, you know, what was it like, what happened and, and what it's like now. Um, so what it was like in coming up to um, getting pregnant, like I, I've, <laughs> I've spent my whole life trying to not get my partner pregnant. You know, and it's um, when Sean and I decided to kind of go for it, like it took a long time for us to get there. Um, I'm 44, she's 41. And, um, you know, I don't think we ever thought that kids, you know, in our own individual lives would be a possibility for us. And, um, you know, it was something that I kind of, was resigned to or not even present to wanting to have a child. And um, when I, you know, then I met Shauna and, you know, I wanted, and I came around to like wanting to have a child with this woman, you know, this woman I've, my soul has been like searching for my entire life. And like, as an ultimate expression of our love together, like I wanted to have the ultimate expression of life, like the full experience of life. And that included like having a child with her. So that they kind of brought me around to like the idea of becoming a father, you know, like I, and the more I leaned into it, the more it felt right. Like the more I looked at it, uh, of being a father as 
you know, supporting me in my own healing journey, um, you know, as a, as a adult child or, um, you know, supporting the harm and trauma from growing up, you know, that I could, it's like that saying, like I could give my kid what wasn't given me or, um, like to teach, to teach it, to love it, support it, nurture it. Um, those are things I kind of came around to and, and Shana very much, I think for herself too, had a lot of similar experiences and it's, it's interesting. Shauna was actually to be my guest today um, before this happened. And we were going to talk about our relationship and what we learned about each other. And um, you know, here we are, we're talking about <laughs> this. Um, so when we decided to go for it, you know, to go for getting pregnant, um, we were kind of like, if it happens, it happens, you know, and we tried and, you know, we were trying and then like, oh, well, let's, you know, now we got to kind of monitor her ovulation and then let's make sure we have sex on that. And like, <laughs> um, having to plan sex, like instantly it terrifies me. Like it throws up all of my performance anxiety and all that kind of stuff. Like, um, Oh shit, I have to have sex on this day. Like <laughs> just to be out loud and um share that. Um, but you know, we we were trying and trying and you know, not getting results. And um, you know, there were times when it was, you know, like we were waiting for her to to start her period and you know, she'd start and if I'm being honest, like there's many times where I was actually relieved that we weren't pregnant. Um, cause I think I was just scared to, to be a father and scared to see the change that would happen in my life. Like I couldn't imagine having a child. Um, and then, you know, so we get, you know, excited if like, you know, her, she'd be a couple of days past when she would start and then, you know, she'd start and then, um, you know, we either, we'd have all kinds of reactions around now, like, whew, like we missed it or, um, you know, what we actually, um, when we actually missed the period and Shauna, you know, um, or, sorry, like when Shauna actually had one of her last periods, it was like the first time I think where we were actually really both sad that we hadn't conceived. And, uh, we just knew we did, like, we just knew that we must've conceived and, and we had it. And, um, there was um, the time that we did conceive, we ex know exactly when it was, uh, which is pretty remarkable. Like, um, you know, we just knew it. Like we intuitively felt it. It was weird. It was almost like cosmic or spiritual. Like we knew that we had conceived. And um, about two weeks after, you know, that, that time we, you know, had sex, um, Shauna went and had her shoulder looked at because she was having some problems with her rotator cuff. And um, she, um, you know, we had to get an x-ray. And um, if there's any risk of her being pregnant, um, they had to do a, a pregnancy test. And it came back, you know, negative that she wasn't pregnant. And we were like, damn, like we knew, we knew that you, I mean, we just knew it that you were pregnant. And um, 
we were just like so sad. I was like the saddest we had been around it. And then like two weeks goes by and she misses her period and we hadn't had sex again. And, um, you know, she was pregnant. She just wasn't pregnant enough to test positive on this test. So like we, we even knew outside of the questioning, like we knew that we were pregnant, even outside of like the result, like we just still knew that, you know, we were pregnant. And, um, so one Saturday morning I was, um, you know, sleeping, it was probably like six in the morning and, um, You know, Sean, I was like, hey, wake up, wake up. I got a, I got a present to give you. I'm like, wake up, wake up. And I'm just like, what? Like, can't wait, leave me alone. You know, I'm like super grouchy. And um, like I could hear like something was wrong or like there's something like was happening. And I, I heard the tremble in Shauna's voice. And, um, you know, I immediately got up and she handed me this gift. And I was like, what is this? I'm like, um, and like, there was a split moment where I was like, oh, is she pregnant? And, um, you know, the gift she gave me was a positive pregnancy test. And I was just like, no way. And we were just both like completely, completely like dumbfounded that it happened. You know, it was just like, it just seemed like a miracle that we were actually able to get pregnant and that we were going to have a baby. Um, it just seems so, so surreal. Um, you know, and I had a lot of feelings about that. Like it started the whole conversation around like the what if, and I was really focusing on like how much my life was going to change. And like, am I ready to be a father? Am I, am I responsible enough for my uh, trauma and my, my history to not get it on my baby, you know, on our baby? Um, and it kind of kicked me into high gear into my healing work, you know, my work with my coaches and my work with my therapists, my 12 step work. It really had me go like full in on it all. Cause I was very much like, I am not going to mess this baby up, <laughs> you know? And it also had me like get just super scared about, am I going to be able to provide? Am I going to be able to, be a good dad? Do I have what it takes? Um, all that stuff. And, um, you know, how is this going to change my relationship with my wife? Like that was probably, probably the biggest out of all of it. I was like, oh my God, how are we going to throw another person in the mix, <laughs> you know, between, you know, between or with Sean and I, and that was, you know, that was very scary for me. I actually, I absolutely adore my wife and like the thought of our relationship changing or you know i see so many new parents just so tired and disconnected and just surviving through the day and i'm like god i don't want to have that experience with my life and um it was it was we it was just like weird i don't know how else to say it um there was one morning we were with my nephew who's was at the time about i think 16 or 17 months old absolutely adorable super cute and um my wife and i were playing with him and my wife and i were having a conversation and as i was talking to her like mid-sentence of what i was saying she started talking to my nephew and um 
it, it like almost cut me off from what I was saying, but like, you know, Shauna caught it all and she immediately responded. But like the, the experience for me was like, Oh my God, I am no longer going to be number one in Shauna's life. And, um, this baby that's coming is going to be first. And, um, it had me like scared again. Like I was you know, scared to have this baby and then scared to have it change the relationship that I had with my wife. And, um, you know, a moment like that, like it just kind of hit me that again, like I'm not, I'm not going to be number one here. I'm not going to be the most important. And, um, you know, very much part of that was probably just my, you know, my fear and my confusion of how I'm going to get my needs met moving forward. But it was very much like a, an awakening and noticing of like, Ooh, I have to, I have to get responsible for that reaction. Otherwise I'm going to breed resentment and anger and fear towards Shauna getting responsible for that experience and how I'm taking that. So I can practice getting my own needs met by me just a little bit more. Um, I think like the other, you know, the other like cool, beautiful part about this too is like watching my wife go through it. Um, go through the first few months of a pregnancy, like um, she's one of the strongest, most courageous, brilliant, beautiful people I know. And um, watching her, like it was rough. It was rough the first trimester, you know. Um, and, you know, watching her go through it all and watching her body change and like her belly get big and you know, all those like kind of cute, adorable things that happen in pregnancy. It was just like, it was just a reminder of like how far we had come, like not only in our relationship, but as individuals that here we are at this point in our lives, getting ready to create a family and create this baby. And um, like every day, you know, when I saw her, would watch her or see her, there's, you know, part of me that was just like super, um, scared and also like super excited that God, I cannot imagine going through this with anyone else, but you, but Shauna. And, um, you know, just in that, I knew that, you know, things were going to be okay. So, you know, we started to kind of fall in love with the baby. You know, we started having nicknames for it and we would talk to it and um, I would play my guitar for it. I would rest my guitar on my wife's belly and just play so it could pick up the vibration. Um, I was reading books about how to be a better dad and um, watching videos and like, how do I need to support Shauna at this week in her pregnancy and, you know, all kinds of things. And like the baby very much feels part of us already, like that it's here, that it's our child, that it's very much like the centerpiece of our life. Um, so last weekend, today is Friday. So last Sunday, um, you know, we've been working on the house. We've been moving things around and 
working on projects and, um, you know, building our nursery. And um, you know, we went and got some furniture and, um, you know, I was putting it together, like not, <laughs> not to mention all this is happening inside of this pandemic that the world is just, you know, going through that the world is hurting, you know, and it's like, um, we just had so much fear and unknown about that. And, um, you know, my God, we're going to be bring a baby into this world that, you know, who knows what it's going to be like in four or five months, you know, there's so many unknowns and, um, you know, we were just kind of still going through the motions. Like, you know, what's the next right thing? What's the next right action? What's the next thing we need to do to get ready for baby? And it was to build our nursery, to start building it. You know, so we did. And, um, you know, we were putting together furniture and, um, you know, all good things. Shauna, you know, has been so great about being careful, you know, and not lifting heavy things and, you know, eating enough and drinking enough water and getting enough rest. Like she's just been brilliant at taking care of herself and taking care of the baby. And, um, you know, Monday, um, yeah, I was, I was still working on the nursery, putting stuff together. And I think she had ran out to go run an errand. And, um, I guess she had texted me. She thought that she started bleeding, you know, in, the first trimester we had, you know, little complications with a polyp that, you know, was causing some bleeding and she would spot and stuff like that. And um, she was like, oh, she called me and she's like, oh man, I think I'm, I think I'm bleeding. And I was like, oh no. And, um, you know, I was like kind of scared by it, kind of like, oh, you know, oh, whatever, it's been happening. It's all going to be fine. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then when she checked and it wasn't blood, you know, we were questioning, well, what could it be? You know, and um, never in a million years we would have thought it would turn out to be what it was, which was a, the medical term is a premature um, rupture of, or preterm premature or something, rupture of membranes. It's called PROM. And, um, you know, what had happened was her, you know, the amniotic sac ruptured. And, um, you know, she was losing the fluid. And, you know, at, at this time, we didn't know that. You know, we were like, oh, maybe, maybe you just peed yourself, you know. Um, you know, maybe it's just discharge. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. Like, we were just throwing everything at it. And then she mentioned, she's like, I think my water broke and I was just like, no, that can't, that can't be possible. <laughs> not for us, not for this baby. That can't be possible. <laughs> So we, you know, we called our, we called our midwives and they're amazing. And they were basically saying the same things. Like it's so rare for the membranes to rupture at this point. It's like, 
you know, less than 2% or something. It's like super rare. And um, they're like, you know, kind of like, oh, you know, you're fine. You know, if you want to come in, we'll get you checked out. And then, um, you know, she had another episode of where she leaked quite a bit of fluid and we're like, this is, there's something wrong here, you know? So we went to the hospital and, you know, it was locked down like Fort Knox because of COVID-19. And, you know, it was just like, just this extra level of stress and unknown and direness. And like, you know, here we are at the epicenter of the front lines of healthcare, like with, you know, um, our baby, you know, our baby that might be suffering. And um, we got admitted for like an observation and they did a bunch of tests and the tests initially came back inconclusive. It was kind of like a, maybe, maybe not like you might've ruptured your membranes. You might not have. So like, you know, we've had, like I said, like the first trimester was really bumpy and we'd have like, Oh shit, what's happening. And then we'd go and we'd have a test or an image or something. And then we would get reassured And then we'd be like, everything's fine. Like, oh my God, we're going to have this baby. Like we're doing it. And we just thought it was going to be another thing like that. You know, that, you know, who knows what was happening. You know, maybe maybe Shauna did pee her pants, you know. And, you know, then then, like while we were there, it happened again. And, um, you know, she lost quite a bit of fluid and, they were able to test the fluid that was coming out um, pretty much right away. And, um, you know, the the first inconclusive test that they ran came back and it was then conclusive. The second test that they ran that was inconclusive, they did again, they tested and it was conclusive. Um, and then we did an ultrasound and uh, we got to see our baby alive, moving with a strong, you know, strong heartbeat. And um, the ultrasound tech was just very cold and very quiet. And, you know, thinking about her and her job and she's probably seeing what we're fearing. She's probably seeing that, oh my God, this baby doesn't have the amniotic fluid it should have. And, you know, I just remember Shauna laying there, like asking the tech questions is, what is that? Is that the umbilical cord? How much fluid is there? She was just asking questions. And like, I already knew the answers. (laughs) And the tech just would not answer. And they left and, You know, when the the midwife and the doctor walked in, like the look on their face is just confirmed everything. You know, it confirmed our, our fears. It confirmed, you know, the thing that we did not ever in a million years imagine we would ever experience. Um, the hopelessness like of it all on their faces. Um, Yes, 
indeed are, you know, the membranes ruptured. Um, the baby doesn't have uh, amniotic fluid, which it needs. You know, it's not just the pool that the baby swims in. You know, it helps um, lung development, helps the skin to develop. It, it's way more than just like cushion. And, you know, our baby doesn't have it. It doesn't have it right now. Um, and it's, you know, so they gave us kind of the options and the statistics and the, the dire nature of it all. We went and saw, and it'll be the following morning and just their language. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. This sucks. Like, it just seemed like they knew how final it was and we didn't. And, um, you know, we checked the baby again and heartbeat was strong. It was moving. And again, even less fluid now. Um, and we were just numb, just numb, absolutely shocked. It started to get more real that we might lose this baby, our baby that we've nurtured and had for five months, <laughs> our little baby. <laughs> So, you know, the options were we could admit you and induce labor and help you have this baby. You could go home and see what happens. She even said, she's like, you know, I've seen miracles happen twice in my career. This woman's probably been an OB for 30, 40 years. She's like, twice in my career, I've seen the membranes spontaneously heal themselves. And... You know, we were like, well, let's wait and see. You know, let's wait and see. So we left and on the way home, we, a neonatologist that ROB hooked us up with called and basically reiterated the, the direness of it. Even if baby were to survive and be born and um, make it a couple more weeks, they could induce labor and, you know, the baby would be in an ICU for months, months and months with tubes and a trach to help it breathe on a ventilator. Um, but the problem, again, the problem is there's no amniotic fluid, so the baby can't develop in a way that would help sustain its life. And to sustain a healthy and hopeful life you know so what do we do do we do we try and have a baby that's tortured with chronic health problems its entire life or do we wait you know do we wait and wait and wait and um it's a it's amazing what options there are available at 20 weeks compared to 23 weeks at 20 weeks which is what we're at the baby pretty much has a zero chance to live if, if delivered 23 weeks, it 
you know, you get to like a 20% um, survival rate, 20%. And then if you get to 24 weeks, I think it's like an 80% survival. It flip-flops. It gets, the odds are in way more favor of the baby surviving. But again, surviving with health, chronic health conditions, cerebral palsy, you know, some learning deficits, chronic lung disease, all these things. And um, I know that's not what our baby wants. Our baby didn't come to us to live a life like that. I know it. So we sit at home, we go home, and we're given the options. One is we wait, which is what we're doing as we speak, as this is recorded. We're waiting, and one of two things would likely happen. One, Shauna will start to go into labor, and then the decision will be made for us. We will deliver the baby. The baby will unlikely survive. It will be alive for, I heard anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, maybe two, where we can just be with it as a family for a short time and meet our baby and then say goodbye. Or the other option is, is that, you know, with the broken membranes, it's um, a very, very high rate and risk of infection, um, which I'm scared about. Um, if that's the, if the infection comes, the body will likely start to reject quicker, which means going into labor. Um, or if the fever starts to happen, the infection sits in. Um, you know, that's an emergent situation. We need to get shown to the hospital immediately to then induce. Um, and the other terrible possibility in all of that is that the infection gets worse or gets really bad and ends up infecting Jonah, not just the baby, not just the uterus or the sac. Um, and Jonah could get septic, which, you know, is a life-threatening consideration. So it's, we sit here and we hope for this miracle. <laughs> and it just seems so stark. Like so impossible. Where we sit here and we wait for the baby to make this decision. You know, that the baby will pass. Or Shauna's body will let us know. It's almost a more welcome decision because then we don't have to make it. You know, we let nature take its course. Um and go from there. Um, you know, and like I said, Sean and I, we live our life out loud and it's just been so helpful to receive the pouring, the pouring in of love and support and encouragement and stories of other people's miracles. You know, it helps and it's, it's, it keeps us going sometimes you know it's like it's like overwhelming in so many of the good ways um we have a lot of um i don't know witches 
I don't know how to call them very spiritually deep connected people. I wouldn't call them witches, but like people who are just connected to the divine and, and are intuitive and can just hear and listen to things that, that not all of us can. And, um, you know, they're, they assured us that, um, this baby's soul is coming back to us regardless if we lose this body of the baby, um, you know, the soul that came with it, the soul that entered Shauna to create this baby um, is going to return. And that's been, that's been comforting, um, you know, and it's stuff you have to choose to believe, right? I mean, like it's how faith works. It's how, the universe or spirit or God or whatever you want to talk about. Like that's how that stuff works. You got to believe it. You have to have that faith. And, you know, I'm encouraged by those people that the message has been a pretty sound message across a number of people around the world. Really. We have so many people in our corner. We're on so many like meditation and prayer circles. Like we have hundreds of thousands of people literally like supporting us in this and I can't even I can't even like give words the amount of gratitude and awe that that gives us um you know each day we we just sit and be with each other you know it's um you know like one of the gifts about this whole freaking pandemic is how everything is just kind of shut down and slowed down. And Sean has been able to be off work um, for this and be home. And, um, you know, we wake up and we cry. We, um, we cry a lot, you know, we hold and hug each other. Um, We've been able to share our feelings you know, whatever's going on, we've been able to honor each other's process. Um, you know, when I've lost hope, Shauna's held on to it. And when she's lost hope, I've been able to hold on to it. Um, you know, we're truly partners there in that. Um, you know, I think, you know, I think the biggest gift in all of this is I've just noticed how how you know how much I've needed to slow down you know how much I've needed to get recentered and back in my body and back in my relationship with my wife back into understanding who I am um, you know where my work is to do and you know living towards my purpose um my purpose is like really just noticing and being with all of myself and all of my, all of humanity, all of people. And I've just been really in like kind of survival for a while. And, um, you know, this, this event has brought me so much closer to Shauna. Um, you know, it has me love her and, 
deeper ways, ways I didn't even think possible. It has me admire just who she is, like the gift, the miracle that she is, the miracle of what her body does. Um, You know, it's had me kind of also, well, it has, not kind of, it has also got me connected to myself, you know, noticing um, if you hear my, my little nephews in the background, which has just been a joy to have his little spirit with us here. Um, he's been playing and laughing and giggling, and he's just been a joy to be around. I'm so grateful for family in this moment. But um, anyway, it's had me just really take a look at myself and get me closer to me. Um, and really just give me the permission to just be me. Just be sad when I'm sad and cry when I need to cry and get mad and fucking angry that this is happening to us. I get to feel it all. I get to give myself permission to feel it all. And it's tough, man, it's so tough. There's no place to hide. There's no place to go to. I wake up and in those few moments when my eyes open and like, you know, life comes into focus. It's like there's a dagger that hits me in the heart. And I'm just consumed and filled with pain for our baby, for my wife. And I sob and I cry. And I roll over and my wife is there to hold me, to love me, and to encourage me. And to tell me it's going to be okay. And that I'm a good dad. And that we're going to get through this. And we're going to be stronger for it. So every day it gets a little more sad. And I don't know when I'm not going to be fucking sad. I have no idea where the end of this is when I get to return to normal life and show up as the coach and leader I know myself to be and support my clients and build my business and train coaches and be an author and host a podcast. Like, when does that come back? I don't know. So all I can do is stay in the day. Um, One of the most brilliant sayings Uh, from my recovery community and one that has really helped me in these moments is one day at a time. And I've modified it a little bit for this experience that my wife and I are going through and what our baby's going through. It's just taking it one minute at a time. 
minute by minute. Thank you so much for listening. Um, it's been helpful to just kind of share my story of, you know, not wanting to be a father, not wanting to have a baby, to looking at why, and I was just scared, and then to to get pregnant, and then to be scared about becoming a dad and not being enough, and worrying about getting my trauma and dysfunction on my baby. And then looking at how my relationship's going to get impacted when my wife not only becomes my wife, but the mother of my baby. And then going through this tragedy of what we're going through. And then, you know, looking at what's next. I don't know. I don't know what's next is we see the doctor in a couple of days. We continue to monitor Shauna and make sure she's okay. Um, and we still feel the baby. We still feel the baby kick and move. And we talk to it and we let it know. We give it permission. If it needs to go, it can go. And if it wants to stay and fight, we'll, we'll let it fight. And we stay open. We stay open to guidance, our intuition, support from our followers and healers and coaches and our community. Um, so again, thank you for listening. In a lot of things I've heard from the hundreds of people that have commented or reached out um, is that this is common. This happens a lot. Um, and, and not a lot of people talk about it, the loss of a baby or a pregnancy and that people hurt. This hurts relationships. This can end relationships. And I hope that hearing my story or identifying with anything I talked about um, supports you in anywhere you're at on a journey like this. Um, I've reached out to March of Dimes to get support. I've been scouring the internet to get support specifically for men going through this, how to show up for my partner um, and thankfully there's, you know, a lot of resources, but uh, consider me a resource as well. Um, and I think that's about all I got. Pray for us, um, some love, some encouragement, uh, we can use it. And I don't know how any of this is going to turn out, but I have faith that it'll turn out the way it, it's supposed to. And that, regardless, you know, we'll be okay. So big love, big love to all of you. Be safe. Be safe through this unknown time in the world. And 
Love the ones that love you. Let them love you back. Wash your damn hands and um, feel free to reach out at any time. Lots of love to you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Why Your Relationships Suck podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's guest and can't wait to have you back for our next episode. Be sure to hit subscribe. Links to our guests or any related content are below in the show notes. And if you want to take your own conversation deeper with Bob or have a story to tell that our listeners must hear, please reach out to Bob at conlincoaching.com.